Hello, welcome to Studio Stories on Amherst Island Radio. I'm your host, Lynn Waiminga, and on this program I take you on a Canadian art tour, starting here on Amherst Island and going beyond. Every episode we visit a different studio and talk to artists and artisans about their work, their beginnings, and more. We'll update cjai.ca slash studio stories with images of or links to our guests' work and sites, so be sure to take a look. This is Studio Stories on Amherst Island Radio, and for episodes 11 and 12, we have a couple of short interviews that I had the pleasure of doing outdoors near Lower Brewer's Lock, north of Kingston. I had been trying to get together with Sarah Hamlin for some time, and we just couldn't seem to make it work. So when I realized we would be doing an art show together, I asked if she would be up for doing an interview early on the Sunday morning before the show opened, and she was. Sarah's a Kingston potter, the creative genius behind Caboose Co. Good morning. We are at Donor Studio at the uh, Art Festival at the beginning of June, and I am sitting here with Sarah Hamlin of Caboose Co. Hello, Lynn. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. This is a, such a beautiful spot. I thought usually I go to people's studios, but it's so gorgeous here. <laughs> this is better than my studio. <laughs> I've got waterfront view right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're on the Rideau. It's awesome. So uh, welcome to Studio Stories. For people who don't know Sarah, who is from Kingston, tell us what you make. I make pottery, very simply. Um, I found the medium three years ago and I've been toggling between making functional pieces, art pieces, and stuff that sits somewhere in the middle of that. Right. (laughs) So my first question is always, other than what do you do, is always, how'd you get started? Started in pottery when I moved to Kingston is actually when I started in pottery. I started working in a studio that was very open to just letting me explore and learn. And I just found out very quickly that clay was the medium for me. I studied art in university and I struggled finding a medium that oh. spoke to me. So clay was the answer for nice. me. And now it's just an ongoing learning of the medium itself. That's fantastic. Yeah. What do you love about clay? Oh, what I love about clay. So um, I kind of found clay in university. I was working with polymer clay. That oh, seemed to be the best way to make my ideas tangible so when I found clay it's not plastic it's natural and I can rehydrate it with water like just the very practical reasons clay is fantastic Um, but then there's this sense of it outliving me the fact that clay will just be there hundreds of years past me that I really love and that it incorporates all the elements of fire water air so there's that other side of it that is romantic to me right um, but it's also just much easier to work with than plastic polymer clay right um, so yeah that's what I love about it and that's what makes me just get lost when I'm working with it nice um, it's like a push and pull of I control the clay and then during the drying process I'm really the one who has to have mercy for the clay is controlling me right now so yeah. it's taught me so much patience everything takes two weeks to make and I've become much more productive because of it because I have to like plan right. what I'm going to be doing um, so there's spur of the moment making and then there's very planned thoughtful making where I know it has to be ready in two weeks so right yeah and so um this is always something I'm curious about with artists and artisans do you have a routine like are there golden hours in the day that are your best creative times or I work in nine to five right (laughs) so around that um but I've always been someone that works best at night 
Okay. So it works out for me. Um, I leave the studio where I work. I get my supplies when I leave home from work and I take them back to my own studio. Yeah. And then I just keep on working. Nice. Yeah, it might sound like crazy, but I could touch clay for 24 hours a day. That's and funny. I do. Most days I do. That's so funny. Great. I would be the opposite. I'd, I'd get up at six and, and do my work. You're and a then, morning person? Yeah, yeah. But my husband's just like you. He's, he's like 11 o'clock, <laughs> I'm going to bed or 10.30 and he's just getting into his whatever into he's doing. Zone. I've yeah. tried to be a morning person. It's not. I, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, you can't force it. No, you can't. So where do you work? Where's your studio? We're not in it. Um, no, we're not in it. Like I said, <laughs> I wish this was my studio. Um, but no, I have a two-bedroom apartment, and one of the bedrooms is full-blown studio. Nice. I've got um, my kitchen block island that I use for working on. Clay and wood works really well, so yeah. um, all of my supplies are there. Uh, and the only thing is the kiln, so very conveniently, I bring all of my work that I make in my own studio to my day job. Right. And I load it and fire it there. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Okay, so uh, because no one can see it, but we will post photos of your work. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about um, the different processes that you use to build your clay um, creations? The main, so with pottery, you, there's so many ways you can build it. Yeah. Um, I work by building with slab. So uh, you can roll out a slab by hand with something as simple as like a dough roller. Um, but I have a slab roller I have access to, so it's like a big, uh, like a pasta maker for clay. <laughs> yeah. um, so all of my slabs are nice and even that way. So nice. I roll them out and um, I work 2D, building my templates, cutting them out in a 2D form and then rebuilding them if that makes any sense. Right. Um, geometry classes come in handy because yeah. of that. Uh, so that's how I make most of my forms. And then sometimes I just do a little bit of pinch pot uh, to build my sculptures when I'm doing the sculpture side, the artistic side. That's the best way for me. And what about, um, okay, I'm looking at your birch vases. Yes, those are very uh, raw. So those were done in a special firing. Um, called Raku, so they get very metallic looking. And for that, I very I just used a dough roller. Yeah. Rolled it out. It's a little uneven and wonky, uh, and I actually instead of cutting, I tear all of my slabs so that the edges are a little bit raw. They're really interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of an experiment that I've replicated because I like the way it turned out the first time. <laughs> Excellent. That's cool. I love to ask people, what's the biggest challenge of your work? Uh, waiting. Like I'm so impatient <laughs> and knowing that I'm making something and I can't see it for two weeks uh, and just figuring out what new glazes I want to use. That uh, would require a test tile that adds another two weeks and then that turns into four weeks that I'm waiting to glaze something. So it's a test of patience um, and it's still my biggest challenge because I'm an impatient person. <laughs> I hear that. Mm -hmm. And what is the best part? Like, what is the part of the process that you're like, I love this bit? That I can make anything. And like, I, I teach um, a workshop on hand building, and it's what excites me the most is, could I make this? And my sister says, yeah. Like, you could literally make anything out of clay. Um, I still try and think of something you can't make <laughs> out of clay. Um, so whatever I imagine, I just 
find a way to do it. Whatever will fit in the kiln. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you went to art school. Yes. So what, what are the other mediums that you explored? I'm curious. Oh, um, so the, at the beginning of art school, you have to do the painting, drawing. Yeah. Um, and I left high school um, kind of being taught oil painting under an artist and thinking that was going to be the medium of choice. Um, and I was kind of forced to take a sculpture class because nothing could fit in my schedule. <laughs> and um, for anyone who likes sculpture, my biggest inspiration is Janet Morton. And she is someone who taught me um, about sculpture, about soft sculpture and mixed media. And so I made it my mission every term to try a different medium until something spoke to me. Um, so I've done everything from stop motion to installations, soft sculpture using textiles, to finally landing on polymer clay, which was still like a question. Of so it's not quite there. Yeah, and it wasn't until clay where I was like, this is the one. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have a couple of your mugs because we've done a few shows together mm -hmm. and a few, maybe a few trades in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just gave my mom one of your little mugs that has the Girl Guide badge badges on there. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the process and, and, and how you came up with the idea? I love sure. it. Um, so, like I was mentioning earlier, printmaking is one of the mediums that I tried in art school and I definitely fell in love with that. And when I moved into clay, I thought, oh, you can totally print make and clay <laughs> and clay. So <laughs> that's when I discovered an artist who was silk screening. So I tried it myself and I found ways. I mean, there's a lot of access on the internet and books with people's experience, but I underglaze everything. Oh no, I silk screen everything with underglaze. Um, so it's a process that happens before the clay is dry and before the clay is ever fired. So everything gets permanently set on to the slab before it's built. And I came up with the idea for the Girl Guide mugs. Well, and they're know. camp mugs. Like well, they look like mugs. old tin camp yeah. mugs. Oh man, I'm, I think I was trying to just think of what I would buy, you know, in terms of pottery mugs that's kind of the staple item that potters do right. and I said well what's my mug yeah look like um, and I just I'm really nostalgic I just have really warm memories of girl guides and a time before me girl guides you know back in the 20s when they had canvas tents and none of the frivolous necessities that we have now and it was just like a more authentic experience and I just like that. So um, that's what my badges are inspired by, are the old 1920s badges that girls would earn, you know, in World War One, World War Two, where they were encouraged to um, help soldiers in the war. And I'm just, I found that to be kind of cool. So that's, I don't really know where it comes from. <laughs> it was just an image that, um, I like and that's what I would buy if I had to buy mugs, that's yeah. why I made it. <laughs> and they're great, I love them. And the, and the fact that they look like camp mugs is yeah. just, they're brilliant. I wanted to make them look like tin, yeah. um, like those tin mugs. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's excellent. Now a quick word from our sponsor. Studio Stories is brought to you by Lens Lids, handmade hats and fiber art. Lens Lids makes durable, windproof and waterproof merino wool hats in a variety of styles for women and a few for men as well. 
find us online at linslids.com, that's L-Y-N-N-S-L-I-D-S, on social media at, at linslids, and the studio on Amherst Island is open by appointment. Drop an email to linslids at gmail.com or call or text 343-989-1550. If you're just joining us, this is Studio Stories on Amherst Island Radio. I'm your host, Lynn Weminga, and we are speaking outdoors with Kingston Potter Sarah Hamlin of Caboose Co. So tell me about the name. Why are you called Cabusco? Oh, that's like, that needs a whole 20 minutes explanation. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. I grew up in a railway town. Um, my little town's called Iona Station. And we used to have a railway. Well, I mean, we still have the tracks. Right. Um, they look like they were there, but they've been pulled out. Um, we had a little train stop. And I just grew up listening to the train rumbling through my town, and I really missed that. And it was just a way to capture that memory and to capture a time before me when that town was there um, in Canada's booming railway era. So that is something that I think kind of expresses what I'm trying to do, which is going for a rustic time before me. I'm super nostalgic. <laughs> My dad grew up in northern Canada and he tells me all these stories and they just seem like a decade, like three decades behind us. And I'm like, it would have been so nice to grow up in that era, in the woods with not a lot of anything really. So, right. Where did um, he grow up? He was up in Timmins. Oh, okay. So I'm getting his stories, my grandparents' stories, and then their grandparents' stories. So I just feel, it just feels familiar to me. Yeah. So that's where Caboose comes from. Where do you, where do you see the, the, like, do you have any visions of where you might want to take your clay? Oh. In the future? Hmm. I'd really have to look through my sketchbooks and see what would be the next step. So um, that's another question is, is yeah, but sketching is part of your process. Sketching yeah. is 100% part of my process. Yeah. Writing is part of my process. Yeah. Um, my sketchbooks are mostly words of me explaining or um, just objects. I usually write what inspires me. Right. Um, and I keep all of my sketchbooks. I can't throw them out. <laughs> so I do go back a year, two years, and see what I was looking at and see what I'm doing now and trying to tie the past and the future together somehow. Ideas that weren't ready, they might be ready now. Um, so I try and do that, you know, once a year, go back and look at everything and see what the next step could be. But yeah, I'm not sure what's next what my next thing is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It'll come. Inspiration? Inspiration. The past. Clearly. Yeah, the past. I mean, for Caboose, it's um, the past. 19th century Canada. Um, just stories around campfires where the stories come from long ago and they're probably not true. (laughs) Right. They evolve over time. Uh, In terms of the way things look, um, I definitely like looking at Gothic architecture. Stained glass has been something right now that I'm really interested in. I'm not done looking at that. And just the architecture in churches. Styles that were coming from Britain and made their way to Canada and they were kind of simplified and I like that look. 
So I've been looking at that a lot right now. Neat. Mm -hmm. oh, it'll be fun to see where you go with that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Stained glass. That's the nest. <laughs> we'll see. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for someone who, who thinks, that pottery, that looks really cool to do? Oh, my gosh. To try it. Just go and try. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Uh, people say, oh, I'm not artistic. I could never do that. Um, and that's actually not true at all. It actually might be a hindrance to be too creative when you're potting um, because uh, especially when you're on the wheel I've actually this just been teaching myself how to throw on a kick wheel which is a manual way of pedaling um, and there has to be a lot of mind control um, keeping in the moment keeping your body still and for someone who might be expressive, it's like hard to stay still and to like not have your mind think about what you want to make and have to just work with what the clay's doing right now. Um, so anyone who says, oh, that looks cool, I would say try it because you don't have to necessarily be creative to be successful at clay. And if you are creative, the possibilities are endless with what you can make. So right. I think it's a great medium for everyone to try. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I took a class that's actually where I met you, was yeah. this graffito class. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think there were even some people there who were like, I'm not creative. Yeah. But you, we, you didn't have to be for that one. No, I loved that class. if you let that discourage you, you're not going to be able to see what you could really make with clay because, yeah, you don't have to be creative. <laughs> yeah. How do you work? How take that work? however you want. Hmm, I'm going to take it as how how I find inspiration maybe because um, it really I don't know maybe everyone's like this but I don't go out looking for inspiration or I'll never find it um, like keeping notepads nearby because it'll be somewhere completely obscured that I'll find inspiration and I write it down and that's why my notebooks are words <laughs> right not drawings necessarily because it's collections of inspiration from everywhere that just converges and then that's where I build my sketches from right um, with what I could turn that into in right. terms of a 3d piece somehow. yeah that's awesome mm. I totally want to be looking at your pieces oh uh, shoot it eh? well, I should <laughs> have set up eh? after all <laughs> <laughs> because I know that more questions will come out but you know what I'm gonna let you set up because it's quarter after nine always like to let people know where they can find your work you have a website I have a website. My website is cabooseco.com and then that That's links right. to everything. Okay. Um, it links to my Etsy where you can buy it, um, links to all of my social media, and then it also links to the stores in Kingston that sell my work. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was my next question. Yeah. Where can people see your stuff in person? Yeah, so. in person. Excellent. And, uh, and you do shows. How many shows do you do? I just started doing shows. Yeah. So, um, I don't really do more than I would say four a year. Right. <laughs> that was what it was last year, and that's what it looks like it's going to be this year. Yeah. Um, and just local here around just Kingston. Just local in Kingston. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Just feeling it out. Excellent. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for taking the time today because I know you have work to do here. Well, don't thank you. Studio. You have such nice questions to answer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this has been really nice. Yeah. And I, hope, well, I hope you can hear the birds tweeting. I feel like you can, even with the generator and the track music yeah. and the boats going by. I think we can still hear the birds. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us for episode 11 with Sarah Hamlin of Cabusco. We have some photos of Sarah's work and links at cjai.ca slash studio stories, so be sure to visit. Next week, we will have the second short interview recorded at that art show with Ronnie Lloyd of Sable Dog Paddles.